What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is March 3rd, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Josiah Gray, three innings, one earned run, two hits, two walks, and five Ks, another high strikeout game. I watched this one. I watched everything on TV, by the way. I do that now, and there were moments he did explode with the heater. He had a good slider here and there. I need data to actually believe this. And on another note, someone who didn't go yesterday on on that topic, I've heard a lot of things about Joe Boyle, and I want to believe he's suddenly a command guy with that amazing stuff. I need to see data first. I need to watch a game with it. I have not been able to see any good video or data on Joe Boyle yet. I am so not ready to buy in until that happens. But for Josiah Gray, maybe there's something new, but again, I need data on it. I didn't get enough from just watching it. To understand Josiah Gray, he is really good at getting low, and that's his best asset, is that he does have this really good um, height-adjusted VAA. That is, it's a very flat ball going to home, which means that it would work upstairs. However, he is notoriously A, had low velocity, B, or it's okay velocity, um, like mid-90s. Uh, B, not had good induced vertical break, and C, has not a good extension despite how low he gets. And because of those assets, uh, or aspects, I should say, it has made his four-seamer far more hittable than it should. So I want to see new data that says, hey, look, something has been fixed here and tweaked. Meanwhile, the slider doesn't really look like it's anything new, and I'm not ready to buy quite in on Josiah Gray. Mackenzie Gore is way more intriguing to me at the moment. Brian Bayo, three innings, two and runs, one hit, one walk, and two strikeouts. He lost his command for a second uh, yesterday. He had some good sliders in there. Changeup looked absolutely stupid filthy. I mean, really just one of the better changeups you see. And if that slider sweeper works, this is going to work out. And you're going to have a potential 180 inning guy with 180 strikeouts um, for a not-losing team. And it's unfortunate he's in Fenway, but I think that Brian Bayo is a really good get when people are thinking of like Jordan Montgomery or like Merrill Kelly, all of those. Just get Brian Bayo. You have a higher strikeout ceiling there. Tanner Houck, three innings, zero and runs, one hit, one walk, five Ks. I love this and I hate this. Why do I love this? Obviously, because Houck did great things. I hate it because Garrett Wedlock's supposed to have the spot. What? So much confusion. So <laughs> there are six capable starters for the Red Sox right now. I think that Whitlock is the better option. I think having a really good changeup and slider means that he's going to be less prone to volatile starts than Tanner Houck. But this is something to monitor, and it makes it just not as easy for us to get Whitlock at the moment. Marcus Stroman, four innings, zero and runs, two hits, zero walks, and three Ks. I should also mention with Hauk, if he does get the job, yeah, I'm okay with it. I just want to make sure that there is a good weapon against lefties. Stroman, that's really what you want to see. I mean, four innings is the first four-inning game I think I've seen this entire spring. Of course it is, because Marcus Stroman, he just chucks his sinker well. He has um, uh, the slider and cutter, looking fine. Like it's, yep, it's Marcus Stroman. Uh, I think he's fine. I think he's going a little bit later than he should because a lot of people love those okay guys. And it's not really a thing I go for in 12-teamers, but I would have Stroman at the end of my teams. Of course I would. That's a good win chance without horrible ratios each week. 
at least in the beginning, as I maybe want to chase something massive that would really push the needle. Like you don't expect Strowman to be like an SP2 on your team or something like that, but he is a stabilizer for those that need innings that actually matter. And yeah, not an innings eater. I don't care if you're an innings eater. Are they innings that actually help your team? And as long as it's not hurting your team, then that means cool win chance and strikeouts. I can get those without being a detriment to my ratios. Cole Irvin, three innings, zero and runs, three hits, one walk, and zero strikeouts. I didn't like his approach. I want to see a better version of Wade Miley. That is cutters inside to right-handers, change-ups down away, um, and then four seamers that are coming in at 94 and well spotted. This wasn't as sharp. So let's monitor this. I mean, I, he should be the fifth starter for the Orioles. So let's just kind of see how he develops and if he can get that back. Because honestly, in the past, Corvin has been more of a command guy than he has been a stuff guy. So you would think it would be better than this moving forward. Griffin Canning went three innings, zero runs, three hits, zero walks, and three Ks. It is the worst camera angle, so I'm so sorry. I just can't really pull anything out from there. Um, it's good to see they had three Ks, though. And I... Uh, I don't really love him because I don't think that there's another step for him to take to be really consistent and, and lower his hit per nine dramatically because the forcing was just not a good offering at all. And uh, it's really good secondaries, um, but uh, it's just not its not the kind of makeup that has me thinking that he's going to be a stable producer for your team. It's going to be more volatile day to day. He's one of those streamers that like say, you say, cool, I want to try and get like six strikeouts today from someone. Could be Griffin Canning, um, but I just don't think he has that extra bit of electricity with his heater that would allow him to take the next step. And he's not one of those command uh, guys like a Guardians pitcher, where he's also secondaries are not like 20% plus uh, swing strike rates with over 60% strikes. So uh, it's just not it. Um, Shota Imanaga, 2.1 innings, 300 runs, 3 hits, 0 walks, and 5 Ks. I watched all of this. And, yeah, he, he allowed some damage. This is true. <laughs> um, but he looked really good. I mean, I really, really dig Shota. Um, he allowed a home run, down it in to, uh, Pejas, I believe is the name. It's not Pages, it's Pejas, I think. And that's a down four-seamer. His four-seamer works so well upstairs because it's just very flat. It is a lot of induced vertical break so that means it's missing above the bat a ton especially when it's upstairs and when it's low it means that batters have a flatter path to the ball um he threw it down and in it was kind of right where the righty wanted it so just don't do that shoda and you're fine everything else looked great like really he struck out freddie freeman on a middle up four seamer and you just don't do that and it surprised him that's that's how cool shoda is five strikeouts are real in what, seven outs? Something like that? Yeah, seven outs. I mean, I'm a big fan of Shota. It may be a home run issue. I'm not going to ignore that and understand that guys with these kinds of four-seamers with a ton of IVB, that is that vertical break, that rise, are going to be fly ball guys, which means generally, yeah, you're probably going to allow a little bit, uh, a few more home runs than others. That doesn't mean that Shota is going to be like a 4 ERA pitcher, though. It really does not. Uh, you might have some annoying starts, but I think you really are going to benefit from having Shota Imanaga this year. I mean, his strikeout per walk is going to be phenomenal. It's it's going to be super fun. Um, other guys, you have Kyle Hurt, um, Emerson Hancock, uh, and uh, those guys. I mean, it's nice to see them. Kyle Hurt's more of a reliever, I think, for the Dodgers, while Emerson Hancock's really the SP6 for the Mariners at the moment. So keep an eye on him. He's really more of a sinker sweeper type. With sometimes a good changeup, 
And actually, I think the changeup is better than the slider from what I remember in his debut. So I hope that Emerson Hancock has the command to make it work. And you will get an opportunity this year. All, all SB6s and 7s, really, like every team goes through, what, 10 starters a year generally? So we're going to see Hancock appear at some point, And he's not going to be someone I'm going to be jumping over everybody to get off the wire. But if it's a good matchup, and it also feels like he's going to get a rotation spot for a while... Emerson Hancock, if he were locked into a rotation spot right now, yeah, he would be, I don't know, around like the Marcus Stroman a little bit after that, kind of like the the Waka Seth Lugo area. Uh, he's he's solid. He, he he will work, and the Mariners should win some ball games. We're gonna talk about a lot of other guys um, that was able to not catch on TV, <laughs> and then of course the ones on Statcast. We're gonna talk about all of that after this break. Dylan sees two innings, zero in runs, two hits, one walk, one K. I was talking to a lot of people here at First Pitch Florida, which has been an absolute blast, I gotta say. Um, if you're on the fence about going next year, you really should do it. It's, it's honestly, you know, there's the one in Arizona, but this is a smaller one, which then means that you get to hang out with us more. And uh, it's really, really fun meeting people outside of the industry who go to this event because I wanna hear your stories. I wanna hear your perspective on everything. And it's just really fun to meet people in our community. Um, so someone was mentioning how Dylan sees might be traded once Montgomery and Snell signed. signed. And that's very interesting. That could very well be the point. Also, an injury happens and a team is just, "Uh uh-oh, we need starting pitching depth that we didn't think we needed. And it could mean that Cease is switching teams before the season starts. So uh, be aware of that. It could be something where Cease does get unlocked. I'm not going to rule it out. I don't feel that confident. I also recognize that he's not as far away as others when it comes to command like we see when it does click in and that's pretty cool I don't think that it's worth it in the situation right now especially with the lower win chance but if he goes to a team that desperately needs it everyone says the Orioles it does obviously raise him up in drafts and I would probably put him around like the early 30s in that case but I don't love it um Prelander Baroa I just wanted to mention him because obviously I gave some hype before to him and I I I even said it was silly in my write-up it's dumb because he's going to be a reliever likely and he went 0.2 innings with six earned runs so not only did he not go two innings he didn't walk anybody but yeah no this is totally dead in the water um and yeah okay I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that like I'm very much out on Prelander Baroa now it was just a fun thing and I was just like, maybe, and it's not there now. Okay. John Gray, three innings, zero runs, one hit, two walks, and four Ks. He's apparently going back to his older slider, which isn't as sweepy, which is good, but it's more important about the changeup in the cutter. Um, and uh, actually, sorry, the changeup in the in the sinker, I think, not the cutter. Uh, I just see him as really a one-pitch guy. It's a Wasker Noah rule still, because I don't like John Gray's fastball, so that's that. Mason Black is a very interesting one. He went in the NL-only uh, NL labor draft last night and it's important to note that mason black right now is sp5 and you also have like keen wind slowed down so it's mason black i mean jordan montgomery should sign with the giants so should blake snell one of them i I really don't grasp why they haven't yet but mason black right now went three innings one and run uh three hits zero walks three k's like he could be serviceable especially in nl only league so Keep an eye on Mason Black. He's not my favorite prospect pitcher, but he might be serviceable this year. And just watch him when you can. I haven't really gotten a good chance to see him this spring. He was not on TV here. 
So uh, I'll have more to report there. Same with Robbie Snelling, honestly. I know there's a lot of discussion about him. I haven't been as enthusiastic. Also, the fact that there are so many options for the Padres right now, and Robbie Snelling is not going to get pushed up. Um, but two innings, zero and runs, one hit, one walk, and one strikeout. Seems like he survived. That's fine. Michael King, three innings, zero and runs, one hit, zero walks, and three Ks. Everything looks good there. I'm a big Michael King fan. He's in my top 35. Uh, Seth Lugo, 2.1 innings of five earned runs, five hits, two walks, and three strikeouts. Obviously disheartening. It doesn't change anything with Seth Lugo. Shane Bieber apparently was sitting 94 or hitting it or just being around there. That's great. 1.2 innings of two earned runs, one walk. Sorry, one hit, three walks, and zero Ks. That's strange. Shane Bieber does not walk, guys. Like, he is very much surrounded by the philosophy of, hey, fastballs, I need to get those in the zone and do well. Three walks, zero Ks seems a little weird, and I wouldn't be surprised if something is affecting him because that that's like a that's an anomaly, right? He was very uncomfortable with it, but it's spring training. You're figuring things out. Maybe that's it. I'm not going to change it. I haven't changed anything on Shane Bieber yet. For my initial ranking, right? I might actually still raise him slightly just because of the velocity. Seems like it's more real than at least the 91 in changing it last year. If it's only, if it sells a 93, that's still better. But I need to see it. I need to understand the data. I need to see kind of where he's at with everything. I haven't gotten any of that. So uh, I'm always hesitant to do that stuff just on word of mouth. I need to actually witness it. I mean, the Carlos Rodon allowing four home runs and in uh, live BP to four guys that I didn't know. I mean, sure, there's like one good prospect that someone says, he's really good. That's okay. But Carl Sardin, what is going on? What What is this? Okay. Um, you have you have uh, Zach Thompson going three innings, uh, 200 runs, three hits, zero walks, three case. I call them like a discount uh, Kershaw just because not, not that he's good. It's just he kind of does the same approach. But I don't really think he's there. And I think Matthew Libertor is looking better than Zach Thompson right now in spring. So, I don't know. Very deep. And only leagues can at least monitor him. Because he should get an opportunity. There all the old guys and Steven Matson there. Like, someone's going to not survive that season. And it's Libertor and Zach Thompson are the first ones. Don't think about, like, Tink Hentz and uh, Takoa Roby and uh, Grefeseo. Oh, those guys, eh. It's going to be Zach Thompson first. Um with Libertor. And it's fine. It's not really something for you to note. Um, Christian Javier, three innings, zero and runs, zero hits, ah, two walks, but three Ks. I haven't gotten a chance to watch him yet. Really, to me, it's just all about, are you throwing slider strikes? If you throw slider strikes, he's going to be good. His fastball was still very good last year. It's just about the slider having a better strike rate. It's that simple. And I hope he can. Uh, Nick Pavetta, two innings, two and run. Sorry, two innings, zero and run, zero hits, zero walks, and one strikeout. Everything seems normal there. Uh, Stack has data that I've got from yesterday. Okay, Ronzi Contreras, 2.1 innings, zero and runs, one hit, three walks, one strike. He's still at 95. Um, he has a solid heater. Slider and curve are the biggest question. He had good curve locations yesterday. The four-seamer location wasn't as good. I like him more than like Luis L. Ortiz and Billy Falter, but it's not super exciting. Like, even in 2022, I thought that Ronzi Contreras could be good if he maintained this and then improved. And then he made his four-seamer far worse in 2023. This looks like it's closer to that 2022 version. I don't have extension. So that's the big one that I'm curious about. But yeah, I don't really want to sign up for this, especially on the Pirates too. The slider isn't looking amazing. The curve, I guess, was better yesterday, but eh, it's not enough. 
Um, Jack Flaherty, two innings, uh, one earned run, one hit, one walk, one K. Sure, he's at 95. He's also not really throwing many pitches. I mean, I want to say it was like 20 pitches or something total. Um, there is a little bit more vert on it. Uh, it says on Savant like four inches gained. It's not. It's more like one or two. But that's a good thing because it's a dead zone fastball for Jack Flaherty. I'm still very skeptical of this. I feel like it's uh, not much effort so far. Or that is like it's max effort. It's not stamina. And I need to see him actually do this kind of thing over like five proper innings, like 80 pitches or something like that. I probably won't get that. Um, you have Sean Manaya, 2.2 innings, three earned runs, seven hits, zero walks, and three Ks. He's down a tick to 92-93. It is a tighter slider looking more like a cutter, but only went two for eight strikes. Uh, three for 11 changeup whiffs and 11 for 11 swings on the changeup, which is absolutely bonkers. But it's also because Manaya threw them in the zone a ton. Is that a bad thing? Not necessarily. But it's, it's why he has seven hits. I mean, they were more hittable and people swung at it. So I'm not in on Shamanaya. I'm not really seeing anything that just says, oh man, this guy's doing filthy things. Like, I just don't want to touch Shamanaya. Uh, Yuri Perez, obviously there's some news here. 2.1 innings, zero and run, zero hits, one walk, and two strikeouts. Uh, the big news, of course, is that uh, he left the game with a broken nail. And there was an initial worry that it was going to be a, um, uh, a, a, a blister. But fortunately, that is not it. So I uh, I would say Yuri Perez, you don't really think about this differently. He is one of those guys that I just absolutely adore, and he's going to be an, a star in the majors. There's just too much that is needs to be tweaked to for him to be that guy we want him to be. And I'm not saying he's going to be bad for your fantasy teams this year. I just think there are other more surefire things to get. That said, I'm a big proponent of draft guys you want to watch and have on your team. Yuri Perez is absolutely must-watch TV every time, and that's a really, really fun thing. Um, but uh, I don't think that this cracked nail is going to inhibit uh, Yuri Perez for the start of the year. If he misses one start, fine, but that shouldn't change anything for you. Uh, Cal Quattrall went, and that's all I'm going to say. Uh, don't touch any of the Rockies pitchers. Please just don't do it. Um, Hunter Green, three innings, two and runs, two hits, two walks in two Ks. He was down 1.5 ticks to 97. Does that matter? No. Uh, the major thing that I've heard, what is it? It's about the curveball and the splitter. And he was two for four strikes on the curve. And he was 50% strikes with zero whiffs on 10 splitters. And I want that to be a note because what do you know? It's inconsistent. He needs a consistent strike pitch. I'm not saying that the addition of the splitter is a bad thing for Hunter Green. I actually think it can help him if he's able to, most of the time, get it down and out of the zone. Because it will keep guys more honest off of the fastball and does not look like the slider. But you need something in between the velocity bands of fastball and slider that you can get for strikes. It's just, cutters work so well with this. Some people are anti-cutter. I am so pro because you need strikes. It doesn't get whiffs. But every pitch in your arsenal serves a different purpose. And you need one that is a strike pitch. Strike pitches allow the whiffable pitches to do their damage. I think that's what Hunter Green needs. But I hope the splitter works out. Um, Nick Martinez also went uh, three innings, zero in runs, two hits, zero walks, five strikeouts, 43% four-seamer, which I don't like because it's a really bad four-seamer. But 37% changeup. Oh, it's such a good changeup. I mean, I really can't emphasize enough. This is... A stellar changeup. I want to say it's like a top 10 changeup right now. It really is that good. And 
37% changeup is exactly what you should be doing. I just want to see more cutter curve sinker. You know, I want to see those things do damage. Like the curve can be really good. Sinkers should be used more against right-handers. And cutters should be used against lefties more so than the four-seamer. It's just a 92-93. Like, it has good IVB, but he hits no extension. He does not have a good uh, vertical approach angle because of that super over the top that allows him to get the IVB. But it's why his changeup so good. Ah, Nick Martinez, man, you're so close. It's so far, and it's the the red, so of course I don't want to touch that. Uh, terrible ballpark, of course. And then there's Bailey Ober. Um, three innings pitch, zero and runs. Sorry, uh, zero and runs, zero hits, uh, zero walks, seven strikeouts. He looked so good. Oh my gosh. Bailey Ober is jumping up my draft. Like, I actually had some skepticism entering this year if I really felt that Ober could electrify and like really demand it. It's a 90, it wasn't like a 90-91 mile per hour four-seamer before him. And that pitch locates really well, but like it's not that fun to watch. And it always felt as if it was overperforming a little bit, even though the locations were always so good. And then I didn't quite believe in the secondaries as much as a Cal Bland, who just says the changeup is amazing. This was legitimate. Oh man, the old changeup was so good. The new slider, which it's interesting. Stackhouse is saying there's a slider and then there's a cutter. I kind of treat them like the same ones, like a gyro slider or it's like a cut, whatever you want. It is a vertical slider that is wonderful. He struck out Schwarber on two straight cutters like this inside, and he just swung over both of them. And then you have him blowing by guys with a four-seamer. It's really awesome. And he's at 93 now. Like, Bailey Ober is legit. I know everyone says, oh, well, he was going to be my sleeper or whatever. Like, oh, there's too much hype around Bailey Ober. No, no, no. You should get Bailey Ober on your fantasy team. <laughs> you really should. Um, I might have him over Luzardo. I'm not even kidding. Uh, Chris Bassett, uh, three innings, 300 runs, three hits, zero walks, and one strikeout. I was actually at this game. And with Renato Lopez and Hurston Waldrip. It's really funny. I am terrible. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm so bad at scouting at the game. And uh, this is just something I want to acknowledge as much as possible. I'm just really bad. It's just not my reference point. My reference point is behind the pitcher. And seeing in the game, I just don't have enough experience doing it. So I try to do it at times. But no, it's just so much better having the camera behind them. So at first when I was there, I was like, Renato Lopez, it just didn't feel like he was um, commanding. He wasn't uh, bullying with everything. But then when I watched it on TV after, I was like, oh, no, this is good. He has really good fastball shape, uh, 95-96. Uh, the slider and the curve are the bigger questions, but he honestly executed the curve, four for four strikes. And as long as those are both working, like, yeah, Atlanta, you should be starting Raylo instead of Bryce Elder. You really should. It should not be Hurston Waldrep. Um, I, I watched him, and even during the game, like we knew that, oh, hey, it's like the same amount of strikes as balls, and I watched it later. And I was really happy to because everyone's tweeting out all the splitter gifts and stuff. And it's really funny as the guy who was pitcher gifts, like we are pitcher gifts Inc. <laughs> as a company, not pitcher list, it's pitcher gifts. If you guys remember from 2014, um, I would of course be the guy putting out all the filthy pitches and stuff, right? Now pitching ninja really uh, took that crown and ran with it into such a fantastic degree. And it's so easy to be convinced. I actually had a close friend of mine who streamed Tom Kohler once because I tweeted out a gif of his curveball and it looked just so nice and pretty and i said are you joking like that's still actually a surprisingly hittable pitch and because oh but the curveball looks so good and it was a terrible stream so hurston waldrep nice splitters at times 
he is such violent mechanics, especially at the end of it, where there are so many moving parts at the end that he's falling and trying to catch himself. And a lot of guys do fall forward and all that kind of stuff, but Hurston Waldrop is truly, there's no consistency pitch to pitch. And if there's no consistency pitch to pitch, you are not going to be a consistent starter. You just can't. Uh, you're not going to locate nearly as well as you want to. And that doesn't fly for me. So he's going to be a great reliever in my view, but I don't like Hurston Waldrop as a starter. Back to Chris Bassett. He was down in velocity. Who cares? Chris Bassett was down like four ticks last year. He had a one bad start to start of the year. If you want to send him for the first start of the year, fine. But Chris Bassett's still going to be good. Don't worry about that. That is it for today. I'm so glad we're back on regular schedule. I'm back in New York on Monday. And yes, I'm starting finally to do my morning playback streams again, 10 a.m. Eastern time, because I'm going to be going over all the notes I make for this and then recording it live every morning moving forward. Monday through Friday, get hyped, get ready for it. It's what I do now. Um, playback.tv slash pitcher list. Let's watch all the games together. Let's have a great morning. Let's go over your drafts. Let's talk about anything fancy baseball. Be there. Sign up for playback. It's free. And that allows you to chat with me um, every morning, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern time. Playback.tv slash pitcher list. That is it for today. Thank you all so much for listening. My name is Nick Pollock. And may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.